Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop psych dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Emerald Couch. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole, and thank you as always for continuing to listen and to support. Um, I appreciate all of the subscriptions and the comments and the feedback and the follows and the likes. Um, it's very exciting to get to see so many people um, interact with this podcast, and I hope that you all continue to tune in and share with friends and family and anyone that you think. Um, the information that we discuss, particularly around mental health, is useful for. So um, I always tell you where you can find us, but if you're listening, you know iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, um, and our website. So just check us out on any of those mediums. And of course, make sure that if you are tuning in on iTunes, that you rate the podcast and share on your own social media pages. And if you tune in on SoundCloud to like, and reshare the podcast as well so that our Emerald Couch community can continue to grow. But thanks again, as always. So we have made it to episode 13, and um, I really just want to spend time, probably pretty briefly, talking about a specific topic. Um, I am literally just coming off of, I guess, a mini vacation or trip, Um And so I just wanted to talk about something that I think I found very relevant personally, but also um, I see it every day with clients that I work with. And um, it's a very has a very strong connection to mental health. And so I thought it would be relevant to talk about on this week's podcast. So the topic for episode 13 is the cost of loyalty. Um, And when I say cost, I really mean the emotional cost. Um, But I'm sure there are other ways that you could even think about ways um, in which loyalty can become an expense personally. And so uh, maybe some of the things we talk about today will help you all who are listening to process this, um, think more about it, and ask yourself some pretty critical questions, which I'm going to pose at the end of this discussion. So um, let's get started. So I think when people talk about loyalty, we all like to think of ourselves genuinely um, as good people and people who are willing to be there for others and support those that we care for. Um, And of course, we assume um, those same people, and hopefully not necessarily assume, but that we know would do the same for us. 
And sometimes we call that friendship, sometimes we call that love, but at the core, it's really about the key character trait of loyalty. Um, And I think when we start thinking about how people define loyalty, it can go a number of different ways. I think it looks different for different people based on their personal definition, but in general, most people can agree that loyalty is, is a strong feeling of support or allegiance to something. Um, And in most cases, this is where we all get in trouble. We always think it's to a thing, but it really is more to a person. And I'm going to talk about that in a a second. Um, The distinction between loyalty and what I think most of us um, should view it as versus what we actually do. But to jump back, you know, so what happens when we're loyal to a fault? What's the consequence for loyalty when it's taken for granted? Ultimately, I think we have to think about what role does loyalty play in our overall well-being and our mental health. And, you know, those are the questions that sometimes we have to ask ourselves and have to seek clarity about with what our boundaries really are when it comes to loyalty and how we both display it, but also how we would like to receive it. And so to an extent, loyalty serves as an extension of integrity. And so this is what I mentioned a few minutes ago in saying that most of us view integrity as being consistent between your ideas and your principles, if you have principles, um, and what you do. So your actions. That's how most of us define someone who has integrity or how we view ourselves if we feel like we are a person of integrity. That consistency between what you think and believe and what you actually do and those coming into alignment. So as an extension of integrity, loyalty applies to upholding specific and concrete ideas. So the same concept of ideas and principles involving the people in your life who matter, um, the people who are important to you. As a result, loyalty then becomes an actual virtue that many people are willing to fight tooth and nail to uphold. But again, oftentimes we don't recognize what um, the true definition really is. So just to clarify, and that's what I was I was referring to earlier, is just this idea that a lot of times we think of loyalty as um, being in allegiance or having an allegiance to something, but loyalty is really about the connection to other people. And as we've talked about on this podcast before, the role that people play in our lives can, you know, be helpful or hurtful. And so being able to understand really what loyalty means to you in reference to the people that matter in your life is critical in how you're able to maintain your overall health and well-being. So there's a quote that I really, really like um, by Dr. Michael Hurd, who's a well-known psychotherapist. Um, And the quote says, here's where it gets complicated for many. Many of us choose friends and romantic partners based on vague or unidentified feelings alone. When it comes to being loyal or disloyal to friends or associates, we're unclear on what we're actually being loyal to. As a result, we're left with nothing else but feelings. And in my opinion, this is actually how our emotions fluctuate when it comes to thinking about our well-being. And so the reason why I love that quote is because of the fact that we often don't recognize um, how much effort emotionally it takes to remain loyal, to um, consider loyalty in your decision making, but then also to know 
what is that same or similar standard of loyalty that you expect of other people so that you're sort of not um, living in or maintaining relationships within false or misleading expectations. And so being able to really consider what loyalty means to you um, is critical. And then, of course, what are the boundaries within uh, that loyalty and how much are you willing to fight for it and what does it mean to fight for it so when I think about our friendships our relationships jobs careers etc the real question is do you know what you're being loyal to have you really invested in something that you believe aligns with your personal standard of integrity because again remember those are different Um, Integrity is about your thoughts and your morals and your values aligning with your actions. Loyalty is sort of that extension of integrity when it comes to the people in your life that matter. And so one of the things that Dr. Hurd goes on to say is if you value your ideals consciously and you seek to uphold them in daily life, then your friends and spouse will be very important to you. They're important to you because they embody and actualize in your eyes and hopefully in reality, your most cherished values. So they align with who you are. Um, And so loyalty in that context is really easy to have because in betraying people who embody what's important to you, it would go against everything that you think and feel um, really about yourself and about the world and about what's important and valuable. Um, And so in that instance, you would never find yourself being disloyal to someone who cherishes the same values and ideals as you. So that wouldn't be something to worry about. Um, And so, of course, when we think about the opposite of that, when maybe someone is disloyal to us, it's much more difficult to then um, invest in that person or to find an alignment between maybe who they are, what they value and um, what you value and then having them in your life. And of course, this becomes complicated when this might be a family member or um, someone very close to you, a close coworker, close friend, a best friend, a long-term friend, um, and a romantic partner. So anything um, can really kind of press those boundaries when it comes to loyalty, um, particularly when it's on the negative side of how those things go. And so, of course, clearly focusing on the negative associations and scenarios that exhibit how loyalty can be violated can absolutely get in the way of advancing our well-being, maintaining positive mental health, um, and just being well overall. And so, of course, there's a greater benefit um, of utilizing loyalty as a strength when it's authentic and, of course, adequately reciprocated. Um, and recognizing all of the ways it kind of enhances our lives, it motivates us, it pushes us towards growth. So it's not a bad thing to be loyal. It's sort of how is it being utilized? Are you receiving it back in an authentic and um, adequately reciprocated way? And that's where, of course, some of us find ourselves getting into trouble emotionally. So some of the things that I think um, I'd really like for people to consider as we really think about this Um, because like I mentioned I didn't want this to be a long episode I wanted people to really think about um, just kind of where you are it's really important when you hit sort of the halfway point of the year most people are 
either in a state of feeling a lot of regret because maybe they haven't met some of those goals that they set back in January. Um, the middle of the year is where a lot of people evaluate uh, finances and how things are looking for them as they head towards the second half of the year to start then making plans for vacations and holidays. Um, and then, of course, being able to recognize that this part of the year is also um, a time where a lot of people tend to take a little bit more care with themselves because it's summertime and um, people just sort of have a much more um, relaxed attitude around the things that maybe uh, keep them restricted in their life when it comes to their happiness and being able um, to just kind of live a little bit freer. So some of the things I really do want you all to ask yourself as we kind of wrap up this conversation around loyalty is, you know, who and what are you being loyal to? Who are those people? Um, make a list if you have to of the people that you feel that you have this sort of allegiance um, and personal alignment and value with. Um, and then I think if you make that list and you actually notice that there are people and things on that list that maybe you once thought there was um, an alignment in values with and maybe there no longer is and it's time to reconsider and sort of think about what role does that person or that thing um, actually play in your life. Um, I think the second question to ask yourself is, is your loyalty being reciprocated and what does that even look like? So a lot of times we often want the way in which we give, um, support, love, all of those wonderful light and fluffy qualities. Um, we want people to give them back to us and they look the same. And so we could have a whole other conversation around love languages and kind of what that looks like on the communication side of being able to connect with people in a way that makes both our needs feel fulfilled as well as theirs. But I really think just being able to stick within this conversation to really consider like, what should that look like? What should what does loyalty look like? So just because your idea of being loyal means that person, um, no matter what, always there, very present, has your back, no matter you know what the case is to that person that you want that from, their definition of loyalty um, may mean not speaking about scenarios that you guys discuss or being able to be someone who they can call on at the very last minute and you show up no matter what. So um, they can look very different. They can look the same, but they often look different because we're all individuals and they're just different ways of navigating the world. So really just being able to think about for yourself and consider for yourself what should that even look like? Um, I think the next question is, what's your contingency plan for making a change or removing yourself from a disloyal situation? So if you, after making that list, after really considering um, is loyalty being reciprocated and then what does that even look like for it to be, you come to the conclusion that the folks on that list or the roles in that list cannot meet that standard then a plan has to be in place for you to be able to figure out, well, how do I either remove myself from a situation that does not allow loyalty to remain present? Um, if, if it's a person considering, you know, do I have a conversation with that person about maybe the 
um, evolution of what loyalty has looked like in that friendship or that relationship or that um, familial bond. And then being able to make a decision if that person maybe can't make a change or if that scenario or situation that um, you're in can't change, then how can you do what's best for you to maintain your overall well-being and give yourself a sense of um, connection, again, back to being in alignment with who you are, what you value, what you want to be, what you want to do, um, and making just that that tough decision um, for yourself and being a little bit selfish and sort of saying, this is what I need um, in order for my well-being to be intact. So not too difficult of questions, but I definitely think something that everyone should consider, particularly if you are someone who's pretty goal-oriented and you found yourself in these first six months of the year, maybe not meeting those goals or not um, having the circle that you really, really want to be able to have to allow yourself um, to be surrounded by people who you feel like are trustworthy, who get it, who are able to support you um, unconditionally, but also who are in alignment with what you value and what your principles are so that there's a level of comfort and security in sharing your hopes and dreams with them, but also in having your cheering section as you try to tackle whatever those um, second half of the year goals are, whether that's something about starting a business or your fitness goals, health goals, um, mental health goals, being able to be um, surrounded by people who are um, complementary to your personality and to the things that you deem important is critical. So quick discussion on loyalty um, and the cost of loyalty and just kind of the role that it plays. But of course, we're not done. Um, we're going to weave that into our two signature segments as we always do. So we'll be right back after a quick break. All right, friends, we are back to the second half of the show. We're going to kick off our signature segment. So first up is our pop psych moment of the week. Um, And so really, I can't necessarily say that this will be a single moment like it usually is, but more of a consideration of the ways that we see loyalty um, or disloyalty play out in everyday society, obviously within pop culture as well. So I kind of group some of my thoughts into three areas where I notice kind of loyalty violations is what I'm going to call them. And so just being able to talk through some of these, I think you'll see the connection and hopefully start to utilize those questions that we talked about in the first half of the show to make some connections to your personal life with some of these examples and maybe think about some of the changes or things that you need to to do in order to create that sense of loyalty in your life that you're looking for. So these are going to be easy ones and then we'll maybe make this a little bit more difficult as we go. So some of the pop culture loyalty violations that are out there um, most recently, and I think they've had a bit of a history um, that has played out um, in front of the cameras, is T.I. and Tiny's marriage. So, you know, a lot of 
um, talk has been circulating around T.I.'s most recent um, situation, I guess is the best way to put it, um, of being caught in the act basically of um, cheating. And what you'll start to see if you follow any sort of like pop culture, music, blogs, um, you know that T.I. and Tiny have been through a series of instances where their marriage has been on the rocks, loyalty has been questioned, um, she has been a supporter, most people will call her a ride or die type of wife, and so being able to recognize that even in spite of all of that, there is obviously some misalignment of their shared values um, about marriage because T.I. continues to sort of have these like blunders that become public um, which are obviously embarrassing, but also um, just starts to be kind of sad and frustrating, I think, um, just to watch play out. So one very, very, I think, simple, maybe even shallow example. Um, I think I mentioned this next example either on this podcast or maybe on um, Ebony's in the Ivory, but talking about sort of um, loyalty within friendship is an example that I think also has been kind of recent and and kind of out there in pop culture is Kanye and Jay-Z. So we all know that um, a while back, Kanye went on a rant on stage during a concert about um, Jay-Z, Beyonce, their child, all kinds of things. Um, And of course, people consider that to be somewhat of a loyalty violation knowing that Kanye and Jay-Z have a very close bond, um, really a brotherhood. um, And Jay-Z later addressed even sort of the financial support that he's offered to Kanye um, within their friendship and and being able to recognize that at some point there has to be a line drawn. And I think that was sort of the case Jay-Z was making is that you don't bring people's wife and children into maybe an issue that's between friends and um, I think Kanye's reasoning or um, reason for saying he did what he did was because Jay-Z and Beyonce did not attend his wedding to Kim Kardashian and that that was in his eyes um, a friendship or maybe a loyalty violation and so obviously none of us are um going to be able to say who's right specifically in this scenario because I think they both feel that they are justified in their their thoughts and beliefs about what friendship really is and um, what they think has been a major uh, blunder by the other person in their friendship and obviously hoping that one day they will fix it. But really recognizing again in friendship when there is not an alignment of what you value what your principles are what's really important to you there's not um gonna be an easy resolution when two folks aren't on the same page and being able to realize that in using this same scenario jay-z and beyonce were in the midst of their sort of storm in their marriage dealing with his infidelity um during the time when kanye and kim got married um and so jay-z's been very open about Uh, the fact that they were in the midst of trying to fix something and for him that felt very much like a life or death type of situation and nothing including 
his friendship was going to get in the way of him being able to fix something else, which was, again, probably also a part of his own sense of what was important, what did he value, and and being able to have to make a decision. While probably not easy, um, he knew what was maybe most important to him. And so, again, friendship, it comes up a ton. Um, If we want to think about sort of like the money and fame side of loyalty, think about some of like our favorite boy bands, NSYNC, B2K. When you start thinking about the reasons of why they broke up, they somewhat all go back to people feeling like someone within the group was disloyal. So for NSYNC, JT, Justin Timberlake, you know, got kind of his own fame solo as a singer. He did acting. Um, And while those things were done during sort of a hiatus of um, what the group maybe had going on, so maybe just between albums or touring, um, his individual career took off and they sort of just never got back together until I think they were on like a award show all together for the first time in a very long time a few years ago. And so um, recognizing that people felt like he chose money and fame over the friendship and bond that he had with his group members and brothers um, and people were highly offended. Same thing, B2K, Omarion kind of got a lot of solo fame um, as well as um, through acting and things like that. And so realizing that once that maybe took off, things within the group dynamic change, even though um, a portion of the group obviously still felt like no matter what, the group would be the priority. And maybe that was just something as a team or as a whole, they never really discussed, which is, again, going back to our earlier conversation of really being able to map out clearly what is it that you're being loyal to and what do you value? Um, because if those things aren't in alignment, even with especially within the friend circle, it's going to be really hard to then be able to come back later and ask somebody um, to live up to something that they weren't in it for in the first place. Then my last sort of pop culture violation examples um, have to do more so with like power and identity. Um, And of course, I think maybe because again, also very relevant, that comes to mind for me. Um, Examples would be folks like Stacey Dash and Amorosa um, versus kind of the black U.S. population and um, sort of this idea that for both of them, while they had individual careers of their own, both in entertainment, um, they have been able to capitalize off of sort of the profile of who they've become to gain access to places and spaces that folks who look like them um, haven't been. And so there's been an expectation placed upon them. And I don't think a high one, because I don't necessarily know that anyone um, considers Stacey Dash or Amorosa to be true representatives of um, any community, whether that's women or um, black folks in general. But I think knowing that um, whether they choose to be or not, that there are repercussions of the things that they say and the actions that they take Um, it then pits them against a community that they've never really stood for. And so, of course, that community feels that those two folks, for an example, have been disloyal um, to who they are. Um, And so we've seen that play out 
kind of in two different ways. For Stacey Dash, right now, it seems to really be working for her. For Amorosa, not so much after being um, dismissed from the Trump administration. And so just being able to realize that in both instances, it leaves them sort of without a support system because the appearance is that they are no longer in alignment with the larger portion um, of society when it comes to their identity um, and that they chose maybe power and fame instead. From maybe a more historical context and, and maybe even political a little bit when we think about loyalty violations, um, and I think you all who listen to the show know that I love being able to talk about not only mental health, but sort of um, the intersection between mental health and diversity and race and gender. Um, and so, of course, one of the things that comes to mind immediately for me, if we start to bring in some diverse issues and topics and populations Um, would be the United States and Native Americans and sort of this loyalty violation of land and financial resources that were first stolen away um, and then promised back and haven't been received. And I guess you could also say something similar for um, African Americans in this country as well. But I have another example for that. Um, But just being able to really think about, you know, that's a violation of what it means to uphold what our Constitution says, what it means to truly be able um, to be a nation founded on integrity um, and other qualities that are meant to be positive. We just we're not seeing that. Um, And so, of course, I consider that somewhat of a historical loyalty violation. Um, Another example, and like I said, it kind of it connects back to the U.S. history with Native Americans, but also with African Americans. And um, so, yes, land and financial resources and promises as well, but more so um, during the uh, granting of legal civil liberties and um, the remaining of violations of upholding these liberties and sort of tearing down systemic barriers around that. And in both cases, so for both of these populations and others, um, specifically communities of color, but just using these two as an example, with that and with those violations, then come a number of mental health concerns and issues. And so being able to recognize that Um, the systemic barriers created for both of these groups leads to economic issues, educational issues, familial issues um, that trickle down and that affect individuals, but, you know, technically whole populations and being able to recognize that because of a loyalty issue, which again, is that alignment um, between sort of values and what you truly think about a person or group of people um, it's caused some major issues here in our country and, and not only with sort of those areas that I mentioned, but specifically around mental health and how we're able to even rectify some of the beginnings of that is to really go back and figure out where are those loyalty issues historically and politically that we've screwed up as a country um, and being able to fix some of those things for um, these populations. And so, again, probably very simple examples um obviously with the pop culture loyalty violations um maybe even somewhat shallow but just being able to give some examples of 
kind of what that looks like for our pop psych moment of the week so that you guys can make that connection. So our next segment is our small talk bookshelf. And uh, this week I wanted to share, I usually share a book or maybe like a blog or, um, you know, something that maybe has a little bit more of a um, relatable connection. And so um, there's an article that Psychology Today published um, in June of 2016, which was entitled Got Loyalty. Um, And so it actually was um, a piece from a book written by Linda and Charlie Bloom called um, Stronger at the Broken Places. And what I really liked about this article in particular and, and the connection that it has to our topic today, it goes into the definition of loyalty kind of like we did um, in its various forms. So in, to an even further extent than we kind of talked about some of the examples of where loyalty can be seen. But what I really liked is that it offers suggestions on ways to sort of cultivate the strength that lies within loyalty through positive practices. So like I mentioned, a lot of times um, because that's where most of the issues we see Um, emotionally come from we're focusing on the negative piece of loyalty or really when disloyalty happens that's usually when we then decide we want to do something about it or reevaluate it but what I really liked about this article is really being able to sort of focus on cultivating the positive um, and the strength of those relationships those friendships um, those roles jobs um, all of those things that you may have where loyalty is intact and how do you maintain that through positive practices. So it goes through some of the examples around romantic relationships, workplace alliances, um, advocacy work. So kind of what we just talked about in our pop psych moment of the week for certain populations, um, health crises, staying clear of judgment is a big part of it, but also celebrating successes. And I think that's a whole other topic as well people's ability to recognize that when you're on sort of your own path or your own journey, it's much more easy to be loyal when um, you're in support of celebrating somebody else's success because it's their success and you have yours. And so um, it really just goes into a lot of those places. So make sure that you check out that um, article. The link is in the show notes. So please make sure you go check it out. I think it's a great um, sort of supplemental piece to what we've talked about today and maybe gives you a little bit more detail than what we discussed on the show. So we've come to the end of our show. Um, We didn't have any Ask Dr. LP questions, so make sure that if you have some that you don't forget to submit them on the website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. I want to thank you all for tuning in again, as always, making sure that you continue to listen in this month for the month of July. We are focusing on Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, so you'll be hearing more about that through the remainder of July. Um, And as always, make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe and rate uh, the podcast. But more than anything, just please share it with someone else that you think might enjoy it. Submit your questions for Ask Dr. LP and I will chat with you all next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Emerald Couch.